This is Pentecost. Everything is different. Everything is new. Everything. This is the birth of the church. The wind swirls, a hurricane blows, the stale air is forced out, the dust disappears in an instant. The air is fresh, the light is all around, the Holy Spirit enters our lives and we become a new creation. It turns us around, turns our lives upside down, blows away the stale and the old. Christ enters our lives and we are made new we are made whole this is the birth of the church we are gathered here in this place in this time to be something new to refresh the old to reboot the past to be the church god created us to be to be the new creation this is the pentecost god is here christ is here the spirit is here and we are part of it we are the new creation mm. come on come on how many of you want to be huh how many of you want to be that you know I, I listened to that over and over again and praying about what I really wanted to leave with us here today and, and for you to be able to take away. But the, today is Pentecost Sunday, and for lots of people, it means a, a lot of different things. For those who individuals who think that uh, Pentecost was a historical event and then it was all over and it happened way back then and there's not really any significance for it today, then, um, you know, we've got an awakening for them, all right? Because it's, Pentecost is happening over and over again. The reason we celebrate him all right, and celebrate the occasion by which the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh, right, is because we recognize that he still is doing a work today. He still is doing the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You're going to hear that a little bit later, all right? It dwells in us, all right? He lives in us, and he is renewing and reshaping us and reforming us so that we can say, and say this with me, so that we can be, say be, we're going to be, not, not the, just the letter B, but we will be, B-E-E. -E. I mean, however you want to say it, but you put some type of emphasis upon being the witnesses, all right? Not just doing church, but how about being the church? Not just doing the emotions, all right? But how about being what God's called us to be? And so, you know, I want you to consider this with me for a moment. How, how easy we sometimes get some things messed up. We get some things confused, right? How many of you had misunderstandings on the definitions of certain things before, right? Uh, yeah. And so such was it was with two little boys who were ages 8 and 10. They were excessively mischievous, all right? Now, I'm not really thinking of any of you, okay? But anyway, the two were always getting into trouble. Shannon Enders and, and Donnie Harms. So two names that come to mind often, all right? But anyway, yeah. And, 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 and they could be assured that if any mischief occurred in the town, their two young sons were in some way were going to be involved. The parents were at their wit's end as to what to do about their son's behavior. And the mother had heard that a clergyman in town had been successful in disciplining children in the past. So she asked her husband if he thought that they should send the boys to speak to the clergyman. The husband said, well, you might as well. We need to do something before I really lose my temper. The clergyman agreed to speak with the boys, but he asked to see them individually. And the eight-year-old boy went out to meet with him first, and the clergyman sat the boy down and asked him sternly, where is God? The boy made no response. So the clergyman repeated the question in an even sterner tone and says, where is God? 
Again, the boy made no attempt whatsoever to answer the question. So he raised his voice, he pointed his finger at his face, and he said, where is God? To which the boy was scared half to death. He ran out of the room. He ran directly home. He slammed himself in the closet. His oldest brother came to check in on him and see what in the world had just happened. And the younger boy replied, he says, we're in big, say big, big trouble this time. God is missing, and they think we did it. <laughs> Where is God? What does Pentecost mean to you? I hope today to clarify some things better than that clergyman did, right? I hope to bring a level of discipline, not in the form of punishment, but in disciple-making to you here today. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand that God's got something in store for the church that wasn't just a historical event. It was not in someone else's life, but not only even in yours. For so many people today, they look back to and should celebrate the, the, the very beginning of their birthday, their spiritual birthday, or the day in which they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's an awesome celebration. But the mistake that we make too often is that we look upon that as a one-time event without affecting the future as we move forward. And I suggest to you that the reason we celebrate is because we can reflect and we can be changed as a result of this beautiful day of Pentecost. I want to take you to the classic scripture we find in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, all right? And um, go ahead, if you would, please, and pull it up on the, on the screen. That's the passage. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 says, When the day of Pentecost came, we got that or not yet? Okay. Don't have it. All right, I'll, I'll read it. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now can you just get a picture of what's going on here, right? They went and they were in this place. They were in what was referred to as the upper room. And now this supernatural event began to take place. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, and when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Now listen, then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Goes on to list the various nations that they're from. I want to skip ahead and in and, and verse number 11 says, and, and we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. What were they doing? Declaring the wonders of God. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Once again, questions. Questions from people wondering, what does this mean? It's okay for us to ask and wonder what those things are mean. We shouldn't just go away without an answer, all right? I want to give you an answer. What does this mean today? What does Pentecost mean to us today, all right? For it says here, it says, then Peter, uh, 
some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen to carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only the nine, nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together as, a, as followers of you and maybe people who are pre-Christians here today, maybe people who are investigating and trying to find out if, if, if this is what they're going to do, if they're really going to go all in and, and they're going to serve you. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would help people to understand that, that there's not hoops to jump through in order to get their salvation, but instead it's a place to where they come and say, I need you, and then you come and do what is necessary. Thank you, Lord, for doing that today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I, I think, did, did I jump out of order and go to the review? I was trying to condense some time. Or is, we're, we're all set? Okay, good. All right. So in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Um, it, it's important for you to realize today is, is a, another, another part of our, our, our series that we've been working on, which is DNA, all right? Values matter. And we've been talking about how important it is for us to become like Christ. Now, to become like Christ, we need to understand something. He, he, he was fully God and fully man, but the Bible says that he put aside his, his, his God throne, his God robe, and he became fully man. Now, what made him extraordinary, that word extraordinary, extraordinary is really extraordinary or beyond natural, is that he had the Holy Spirit who was in him. Well, guess who that Holy Spirit is or where the Holy Spirit is today? That Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead, that operated and worked through him. And guess what? As followers and believers in Christ today, Holy Spirit dwells in you. Look at your neighbor and say, he can dwell in you. Some of you might say, he does dwell in me, right? I mean, it's up to you, right? Because he says that this Holy Spirit is for everyone. And it's so important for us to understand this, all right? And, and, and so I want you to understand that God's got great things in store for us, but he, he wants to use extraordinary ways, and that's why he pours out his Spirit upon all people. He's not a, he's not a, uh, 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 doesn't show favoritism to some people versus others. It doesn't matter what economic background you come from. It doesn't matter what side of the track you were raised on or road you were raised on. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the language that you speak. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're the youngest or if you're the oldest. You see, he wanted to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Say all. all. That means us all, right? Every single one of us. He, he's not holding back for a moment. Now, I want you to get here from this in a minute. In Acts chapter 1, I want you to understand a little bit from where this all uh, took place and happened. Actually, we're going to go back to Luke 24 first. Before this happened, this happened that I'm going to read to you right now. It's in Luke chapter 24. It's Jesus speaking, and he does what is necessary in order for us to have an understanding that we can't have without his help. And he says this, then he opened their minds. 
How many of you know you want the you want the God sized can opener, right? <laughs> I mean, could put that on. You gotta have this big old hammer that comes down sometimes like that one that was in the kitchen, all right? Slam that thing down in there and, and crank that thing around and open up. Because sometimes we're just a little knuckleheads, right? A little hard headed. Yeah, we, we don't get it. But he says he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now listen what he says, verse 40, 48. You are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, I said Acts 2 was a reflection as a result of what Jesus was saying was taking place in here in, in, in our text there in Luke chapter 24. We find that it's really important that you understand that. So Luke, the same author of the book of Acts, goes on and he continues uh, writing. And in Acts chapter 1, he says this, verse number 1, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen that we just read after his suffering he showed up him he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of god and on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave jerusalem but wait now if you're real patient in here go ahead and raise your hand <laughs> we got a few people that consider themselves patient. If you're challenged in patience, go ahead and raise your hand. Some of you don't know, all right? It's, it's just driving you crazy right now, all right? But, you know, Joe Phillips put out a tweet. He's been an, a guest evangelist and a longtime friend of mine here uh, this morning, and he said this. He said, if people was as concerned about losing communication with him as they were about losing our communication devices society would be significantly upgraded. Now, what does that have to do with waiting? That has to do with waiting because, you know what? We're getting more concerned about what's happening in the news than we do about what's happening in the heavenly realms, what's happening in the spiritual realms. Uh, uh, but we, we, we're not waiting. We're not, we're not understanding what it is in order to wait. We are an impatient people. We live in a Burger King society. Have it your way, Right? And when you can't have it your way, then guess what? We'll go ahead and let them know about it, right? Well, not just them, not just Burger King, but everywhere you go, we have this instantaneous expectation that, you know what, you should get what you want when you want it. But I want you to understand here, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Once again, a little confused, he had to open up their minds again. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority, but you will receive power when they were waiting, right? He says, go wait. Now, we want to know when it's going to happen. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, say be. You will be, say be. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. 
Now, as I said, we were in the middle of the series and, and DNA and values matter, and, and we've been going over some of our, 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 our themes or our values, talking about what it is like for us to, to be the same. And, and it, it's so important for us to realize that unless we become like him, every single one of us, then we don't have those characteristics, those, those common denominators. Really what I'm talking about, the power of Pentecost today is for us to all be witnesses, for us all to be united, for us all to have these things in common. You know, DNA is, is great because it identifies you and how peculiar, and yeah, we're all peculiar, right? <laughs> but how much all we should also be the same. Very few things differentiate for those who are, have the DNA of Christ. And we've said this, that we are committed to worship. We said that we are eternally minded. We said that we will be neglecting no one. We said that we would be a true speaking people. We said that we would be relationship driven and today we are active in the spirit. On Pentecost Sunday, I want you to be reminded that you're supposed to be active in the spirit, not just doing but being the witness he's called us to be. What does that mean? The ones who would declare the praises of him who's called us out of darkness, right? The one who is willing to be able to say, I will be used by you today. I may not look at myself in the mirror and think that I'm something, but you've declared me as something because you took and put in this earthen vessel the precious gift of your Holy Spirit who's made me into something that can now become honorable, right? You couldn't, you couldn't be honorable before. So I want you to understand something. In order for us to be active in the Spirit, we need to be full of the Spirit. You can't be active of something unless you get full of that something that you want to be active in. And, 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 and there's, there's a little confusion that happens within some that don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today or they believe that everyone who receives uh, salvation has received all the Holy Spirit that you're going to receive. Well, you, if you're a guest here today, I want to let you know you came into a Pentecostal church. Now, Pentecostal church doesn't just mean weird, okay? There aren't any chandeliers in here, so you can't swing by them. You have to grab a hold of fans instead, all right? The pews are gone, but there's chairs. But if you want to roll under them, then if, you, know, you can do that. But you notice today, what you see really was an exuberant people who's really excited and thankful for what Jesus has done within us, right? How he set us free. And you know what? It's something that we just don't reflect upon and then move out and not be affected in it in our day-to-day -day living. But it's something we believe you ought to take with you to every, everywhere that you go. And really, it's really something that when you come to church, you ought to bring with you. The spirit of worship, the worship, how you declare his worth in your life, it ought to be something that you are coming together with the body of Christ and celebrating with, amen? You come together, say, I've been worshiping all week long by myself. I just can't wait to get with the body of Christ. I can't wait for someone to give me a high five. I can't wait for someone else to just give me those knuckles and be able to say, come on, are you excited about what God is doing in your life? Amen. That's what this time is for. And you know what? There's some who have been walking through the fire. They've been walking through the, through, through the valley of the shadow of death. And they've been a little weary from the week that's been going on. And what they need is for you to kick in gear and for you to be able to be praising the Lord when they're like, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering if anyone else is going through what I'm going through. And you're able to come alongside of them being led by the Spirit and say, I could see that something's going on. But let me tell you about what he's done for me because I was right where you were at, but 
but now I'm not. Amen? But, but, but you know, it could happen again. You know what I'm saying? The attacks are going to come. When we come together in this corporate setting, we have an opportunity to praise the Lord. We must be full of the Spirit. Now, there's a number of people who don't understand what that means. Let me tell you something. Sometimes Pentecostals think that they, uh, they, they understand everything that it is to mean, and they label it, and they put it into this little box of and, and something. I don't want to belittle. I don't want to be degrading to this, this, uh, this initial physical evidence at all, but you know what? They spoke in tongues when they were in junior high camp 30 years ago, and they were full of the Spirit. And they haven't spoken tongues since then. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of other evidence about them being full in the Spirit since then. But you know what? I got it. I got it. Something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. That's an old song. How many of you have never, never heard that before? Raise your hand. Never heard that before. Wow, look at that. That's okay. How many of you heard that before? I just got to know that. Oh, a few of you. All right. He is not an it. From time to time, I make the mistake as well because we're really referring many times to the function or the operation of him, and that's why we talk about the it of it, okay? But it's really important for us to realize that he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is someone you could talk to, someone you should recognize, someone you should invite. uh, Benny Hinn says we should say good morning, Holy Spirit, every single day, right? Get up and recognize him. But, you know, it's important to understand that to be full of the Holy Spirit is more than just speaking in tongues. Now, some of you, if you're hearing a guest here today, you're like, oh, my goodness, where's he going? What's, what's, hey, we, we, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to do a little advertisement, all right? Uh, my staff don't even know about this. But throughout the course of the next three Wednesdays, I'd like for anybody who can and wants to to come and join me here in the sanctuary. We're going to be just praying. And anybody who wants to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray that God will fill you if, you, if you're hungry for that. And, 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 but we're going to spend time in prayer. And depending on who's here, I'm just going to do a, a, a teaching and, and talk with you and meet you right where you're at. Anybody that, that wants to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God can fill anybody, all right? Any person, any child of God at any moment in time. He could do it here for you this morning. I'm not saying it can't happen this morning. I'm just saying we're going to dedicate some time over the course of the next three Wednesday nights, all right, throughout the month of June, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to pray about it. And if you want to be filled, I believe that he will fill you, all right? Because it's important to be full of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand it's more than just speaking in tongues. To be full of the Spirit, what does it mean today? What does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to I want to back up a little bit more and help you to understand here. And I, I'm running out of time, but but we fe- see here that Jesus this this whole thing about baptism was an is an experience that Jesus Himself went through. In Matthew chapter three verse thirteen, it says this. It says then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to detour him, saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me?" And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Now, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him, love 
With him I am well pleased. At an experience, at an encounter when Jesus was having, where he was being obedient and submitting himself and saying this is what other people ought to be. I love that Jesus is a supreme example. See, what we're talking about in our DNA, in our relationship, and how we're supposed to be active in the spirit. If we can model ourselves after Jesus and even go through, now listen, you don't go through motions to go through motions without purpose, all right? But we go through motions many times to be an example of what other people should be able to do so that they can get to where you're at. I'm not sure that some of you got that, all right? You see, some people think that you just come and you clap your hands and you sing songs and you do all these these physical things and it's automatically going to strip away all the things that have to happen or make things happen in the spirit realm. That's not just, it doesn't happen just because of the motions. But many times, some of you who have gone through and experienced a genuine change by the Holy Spirit, it's really important for you to go through the motions so that you could show people about how it came to be where you, you started lining up your life with the things that God would have. In other words, it's always good to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. It's always good to, once, you know, to give a shout in the Lord with a voice of triumph, all right? The Bible says, clap your hands all ye people well some of you say well I was excited I clapped my hands I jumped up and down I did all those things a long time ago and I matured and I'm not quite there now I don't have to do that I I, I can have my faith I can have my faith and and, and I just I, I, I'm just gonna be you know you just do that in the beginning now I've seen some of you in birthday parties especially your own some of you understand what a privilege it is to have another birthday. <laughs> Isn't it funny? None of us want to die, but yet we don't want to have another birthday. We're backwards. We're backwards. It's, you celebrate those years, right? Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm off on tangents here. Anyway, it, it, it's so important that you realize that God has given us a reason to celebrate. And, and, and you need to understand that, that when you go through these motions, when, you, when, you, when, I, when I say the motions, when you go through the things of, the, some motions can be considered just a regular Bible reading time. Some motions are a regular prayer time. You know, the motions are coming to church on a regular basis. I said regular basis. <laughs> I'm speaking to the choir, I know, but, but the national statistics tell us that people are coming to church 1.8 times a month. Now, I'm, I'm not keeping track for you, all right? Some of you, you, know, some of you don't want to sign those, those digital things out there because, you know what, I don't want anyone calling me, telling me when I'm there or not there. I'm, I'm a big person, all right? We can't care for you if we don't know when you're here, when you're not here. And I stand up here with half the time of the service, and I got my back to you because I'm praising and worshiping the Lord. Therefore, uh, and, and you know, if you expect me to maintain and understand and know every single face that's here, even though I try to make eye, it's impossible. Can I just be pastor-like here today and tell you that being full of the Spirit is caring about the motions that we go through? Full of the Spirit is, is, is helping for those who want to care for you that they can be able to do their job with, with ease. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's full of the Spirit too. These motions that we're talking about, these, these religious rituals sometimes, certainly if we do them and we think that that's going to put us in good standing before the Lord in and of by themselves, that's a wrong thing. But you know what we do in order to get better, right? 
You know what you do in order to grow, to maintain health, to be full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He got baptized. He was going through this one. He didn't have to. It wasn't going to save Jesus. He wasn't the one. And John, John the Baptist knew it. He says, listen, I should be baptizing you. And Jesus says, no. He says, we're going to do this thing. And something else is going to be added to this. And it was at that moment in time when that Holy Spirit came upon him, descended like a dove and lighting on him. Now, some make the mistake of thinking being full of the Holy Spirit means it's going to be a cakewalk. I want you to follow right in the same text in verse chapter 4, verse number, I think, uh, yeah, 1 there. It says, then Jesus, look at this next verse. Go ahead, please. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. (laughs) Now, this is the same Holy Spirit that he became full of. He's full of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that, that, you know, dwells, lives in and dwells in you, raised him from the dead. But this same Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. How many of you agree with Tina? You don't like that. <laughs> but you know what you have? You have proving ground there. It's proving ground. Many times you don't know what you got until it gets tested. You don't know what you have until you go ahead and you kind of got a strain against it. This next week, I want you to be praying for your pastor, all right, and some other people because we're going to do something absolutely crazy. We're going to run 8 to 10 miles next Saturday, all right? We're driving three hours away. We're going to go through 25 different obstacles. We're going to crawl on our hands and knees through the mud. We're going to make sure the barbed wire doesn't get us. We're going to climb on high walls. We're going to go up and over and through. and It's, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to come back here, all right, Next week. I'm coming back next week, all right? I declare it today. Why would you do such silly stuff? I'm not sure why that's doing that, but anyway. Uh, why would you do that? Because I'm not proving to you, but I'm proving to me. I can do this. Challenges somehow, they evoke a, a, a sense of thrill within me. Not all challenges if I don't overcome them, but the challenge when I overcome them. So I, I look to the other side. You say, Pastor, this, this isn't just about you. Oh, no, no, it's not. I'm talking to you about why you experienced testing. I'm talking to you about why the Spirit would take and tempt, put Jesus out there to be tested by the devil. It doesn't say the Spirit tested him. The devil is the one who tempted him, all right? But the proving ground, the being, the being the witness cannot be noted, cannot be marked upon until in the midst of the storm, in the midst of diversity, in the, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of what's going on in your life, and the dark storms that you're going through, when you respond with praise, that's what it is to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's one more aspect of what it means to say, you know what? I know that the gates of hell are coming against me, but the word of God declares that Jesus Christ is building this church and he, the enemy will not prevail against me, amen? He will not overcome because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that allowed Jesus to do what he did, the same spirit that gave him the healing power, it lives in me. And guess what? 
guess what? You get to be that same declaring individual today in the world in which we live. You see, you were declared to be bold to be a witness. The boldness to be what God wants you to be. That's why the power came. The power came. I love the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I love the the gift of tongues that comes because I can pray in the Spirit. When I don't know what to pray, the Spirit will pray for me. Someone said, I'm done praying in three minutes, Pastor. (laughs) I don't have anything else. That's why I get caught up in the Spirit. I I don't know how. There's some situations that are so complex, I don't know how to pray. But so you're going to have to pray through me. And I fix my mind upon the things that I don't know, but upon what he does know. And he's the all-knowing. I fix my mind upon the fact that he is always loving, that he's always working everything together for my good. I fix my mind upon this loving God who will care for me. He says, cast all your burdens upon him. He says, do not be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplication to make your requests known to God. Amen? I fix my mind on those things and I begin to be taken up in the spirit realm and I begin to pray in that unknown language. That's awesome. But that's just, that's just one of the gifts. You see, the other gifts, boldness to be. Boldness to be what? Boldness to be someone who understands. Let's just take a look at the scriptures because I want to support this, what it is here. In the next one, Romans chapter 8, if you would, verse number 11. Is that there, the next slide? There we go. Oh, Acts 2, 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Do I have the the Romans 8? I'm skipping there. No, that one's not there. Okay. It says this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Hmm. I want to tell you something. At conversion, when you came to know Jesus Christ, God incorporated you into his body. Praise team, come if you would, please. He put us into this community relationship with all the believers. All the believers. And we share a common life in Christ. We're not meant to be passive participants. I know we want it easy. I know we don't like this idea that, 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 that the Spirit would take us through the valley of the shadow of death, but we have another promise that trumps the experience of going through the valley of the shadow of death, and that is that he will never leave you or forsake you, amen, that he is with you always. When you are full of the Spirit, amen, when you are full, you are baptized in the Spirit, you are immersed in him, all right? That means there's nothing that is untouched by his Spirit, And what happens is you're supposed to be so immersed that you get filled up and so that when you get squeezed by the pressures of life, rather than the flesh that so often wants to come out of us, all of a sudden because we've been in his word, we've been doing the motions, we've been been praying, we've been doing those things, we've been worshiping together with the body, we've been working together with one another, we've been using our gifts that he's given to us to build up the body. Rather than this carnal nature that comes out, we get the squeeze and guess what? His spirit comes out. And you sit back sometimes and you say, did you hear that? Did you see that? I've had conversations with some of you. You say, Pastor, you know, it's amazing what God has done in me. 
because I never was able to respond that way before. I can remember when someone crossed me before, and guess what? You, I'm going to light up the airwaves with some words. I, I, I mean, it, something's going to happen. Someone's car is going to get crashed. You know what I'm saying? Someone's going to get some lumps on their head. But I'm not acting that way anymore because I'm full of the Spirit, active in the Spirit, using the gifts that he has given to me and responding in a way that's totally out of the ordinary because we're not talking about ordinary. We're talking about extraordinary. We're talking about supernatural. We're talking about the power of God being made manifest in your life. God intends all Christians to be active participants and has assigned each and every one of us with specific gifts to be able to be used. Used for what? Not our edification, but for his edification. To lift him up, to draw attention to him, to be able to say, not, oh, I knew that. Aren't you tired of hearing people, people say, oh, I knew that? I know that? Listen, I was there. I was that junior high kid when they were telling me something. I wanted to say, I know, I know, I know, I know. You, you talk to adults, you say, I know, I know. It's like nobody wants to be taught anything anymore. Or seem or appear as if they don't know something. Why has it become such a black mark? Why do we have to say I know? Why do we have to appear as if we know it all? Why not we, why don't we just instead become like Christ and say, in my weakness, he makes me strong. Okay. Now there's some things you know, I just, I I feel a little checked. I know whom I believed in. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep me, right? Uh, there's some things, you, you know, but there's some things I just don't. And, 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 I, and I, I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I could be certain that I have eternal life, amen? But there's some of the knowing with regards to why all this is going on or why that's going on in the world and why this is happening in my family or your family and why you lost that job or why the car broke down. I I don't have answers to all those things. The enemy wants to make you appear as if you're lacking in some manner or way when those things go on. There's even false teaching out there that suggests the same. Certainly if you were had the favor and you're in the right place with God, everything would be going right in your life. Not according to what happened to Jesus. He was willing to go out into the wilderness and do what? He was tempted. And who took him there? The Spirit. To do what? To provide a proving ground. It's a day of Pentecost. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he dwells in you to make you an active in the spirit person amen he's called you to have a breakthrough he's called you to experience something that that the world will tell you there's just no way that it's that it can happen but listen you got to quit believing what the world says and you got to start believing what the bible says amen if you want to be full of the spirit you got to submit yourself to the spirit if you want to be full of the spirit you got to wait you want to be full of the Spirit. You've got to put your concentration more upon being than doing. Once again, the motions. I know, I, I, it's a tug of war. It's like, why am I doing this? You know who knows why you do what you do? God and yourself. And you can't fool him. 
So if the actions that you do, you think that you're doing in order to check off on your spiritual list and say, okay, God, now get off my back, leave me alone, I did that. We don't say it that harsh, but we say that really in reality because guess what? That's about all the time that we give him many times. But how about, Lord, I'm going to come and wait for the power to be the witness, to use the gift. I'm going to get full of you. I want to minister out of the overflow, not out of the reserve. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for your desire to work in our lives and to do something that I cannot do. To convince people, that's what your Holy Spirit's come to do, is to convince us of our need for you and then of our place in the kingdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working and moving. If there be anybody here today, Lord, that does not know you, I pray they understand that your arms are wide open, ready to receive every errant person, anybody who has traveled off the path, Someone who is afraid to submit because they're afraid that they cannot live up to your expectations. Show them, Lord, it's not about perfection because we're made perfect in you. Right now, set the captive free. If you're in this place today, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to re invite him to take over as a lord and a master in your life whatever it is if it's a very first time or if it's a, a recommittal it doesn't matter to me today the bible says that the same spirit that raised christ from the dead all right dwells in you but his spirit will also bear witness with your spirit when you're a child of god if that's not convincing you today then submit it to him the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You've got to believe that word. If you're ready to believe that word, but you've been struggling and, you, and, you, and you're at odds with him, you feel like an, and more of an enemy you know, with him and you're, and you, right now, then just go ahead and lift up your hand and say, I want this to be done. I'm, I'm going after him right now with everything I've got. Lift up your hand in this place. I see that. There's one. There's two. Come on. And there's three. I, I, I don't want this tug of war. I don't want this struggle anymore. Anymore in this four. Yes, I see that. God bless you. You can put those down. Yes, those four individuals can put it down. Anyone else here today? Anyone else here today? Hallelujah. Well, can we pray this prayer together, family? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving on us. Enough to send your son and enough to send your spirit to convince me of my need for you. I receive the work that Christ accomplished on the cross. I apply it to my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a starting point. I recognize the four hands that went up and those individuals making recommitments to the Lord, and that's absolutely fine. And, and I, I, we're here for you. We want to be able to talk with you and help you to be able to grow. But I have something for the rest of the body I want you to understand here today. And we're to stand to our feet. Just go ahead and do that if you will right now. Stand to your feet. We're to close out with this singing this song. And I'm and it's just the way I'm wired. I, I like to have praise and I like to have worship. But, but I like songs with meaning. And, the, and this song says, 
I want a breakthrough. Amen? I'm believing. I'm believing for God to do something. Is that the song that we're doing? Okay, what are we on right now? Oh, Spirit Move. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, I thought we were going breakthrough. All right, okay. Breakthrough, there we go. So this next song is, speaks about how important it is for us to be able to say, Lord, I got things in my life that I got to recognize where you're at and that you've got to take over in, amen? So I'm not sure what you have. I'm not sure what's going on in your life as far as what you need to submit to him. But I want you to recognize that you don't have to get in any spiritual um, position or state. It's all about what happens within your heart. Let his spirit work within you right now. Throw your hands up and say, God, give me a breakthrough in this place today. Amen? Will you do that? Will you do that in closing? Lift up your hands in this place. Everybody in this place, begin to sing that song. Thank you, Lord.